It's Thursday yet. You know what's good about this Thursday? This very special in particular Thursday. Dwayne Kennedy is in the studio. So happy yeah. to have you back, my friend. Hey, How are you? Of course. The world hasn't gotten any better since we last talked. No, no, no. no. no it's not, if, it's, if, if, if the world got better, you would have a show. I, is that true? I. That's okay, fine. I don't. I don't Tune in you know. at five to hear that everything's wonderful <laughs> with Patty Vasquez. I would do that show. Not a problem in the world with Patty Vasquez. I would do that show, like like a, a happy show, like like Delilah takes requests for songs and stuff. Like I could do, just like tell me your happy thing and just press a button and play a happy song. I guess so. I would do that. All right. It wouldn't be me, would it? I'd find no. something neurotic or. I'd be like, I'd be uh, welcome back with Patty Vasquez. <laughs> welcome back. We're, we're having a good. Are you having a good day? I'm having a good day. <laughs> I pretended for for 52 years. Now let's talk about real good things. For yeah, <laughs> now it's time to let fools have it. Uh, you've been traveling, and uh, and I know that lots going on. Uh, I just, um, what do you think our role is? Would, you know what? I hate when people ask us what our role is as com- as comedians, mm-hmm. right? It's like people put a lot of stock in John Stewart coming back mm-hmm. on Comedy Central, and they got mad at him when he said, you know, Joe Biden is old too. Right? It's like it's his show, it's his toy. You know, you're putting a lot on an entertainer to make you feel whole again. I guess in in a sense that John Stewart is sort of the victim of his own. Success yep. because before John Stewart was doing comedy that way, nobody was looking to comedians on a daily basis right? for their news. Yeah, you know what I mean. So now, and I think people were disappointed that he let he was an equal opportunity comedian. Yeah, he was letting Trump have it. He was letting Biden have it. You know, but people felt like he should have uh, uh, adhered to some sort of an, a pro left, a, a progressive agenda. It's still a corporation that he works for. It's still a corporation and. At, at at the root of it, he's still a comedian, right? You know, so so if he sees something, I, I look. We we actually, my husband got really angry. I think it was 2010 when he was doing Obama bashing, which you can do, but I don't have to watch it, and that's all. You, and you right. walk away from it. We're not all on social media, you know, crying that oh, the return of John Stewart wasn't what I hoped. He came. Someone wrote he came back as Bill Maher. Oh wow, okay. <laughs> um, I mean, he came back as funny to me. He oh. was he was still funny. There you go. Yeah, and. Um, I, don't, I think that if people are thinking that him making fun of Biden is going to s- persuade somebody to vote for Trump, I think then they, they you were on thin ground on you know thin ice in the first place. That's and that's hard, right? That's that's the thing about the media. I was telling you before we came in that mm. the uh, Department of Justice, the prosecutors in the Hunter Biden case, mm-hmm. the, that prosecutor is now filing charges against their main witness, who appeared eighty five times on Fox News, and it's part of that cycle of all the people who are convinced that Hunter Biden brought money in for Joe Biden, that there's a whole relationship with oh, Burzma and all these things. And so, do you think? that they're going to go, uh, they're going to have 85 segments on how they were wrong about that guy. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, no. th- that's like, that ought to be a, I feel like, I was yelling, did I yell? <laughs> that's not allowed, like everywhere. <laughs> that ought to be a law. Like if you're going to go on TV and lie, right. and it, it's provable that you lied, right. then you have to go back and like give equal time and say, we really screwed up. We really screwed up. We if really- that's the case, then all of Fox News should be subpoenaed <laughs> and brought in for trial. Yeah, you know? no kidding. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then Tucker, I don't know if you're following any about Tucker licking uh, Putin's loafers a little bit. Yeah, so he he's like he did a video of himself at a at a grocery store.
store and talk about how clean it is and this is what it's like when you don't let things go to filth. And uh, what I heard was also he likes being around only white people too. It's very oh, Tucker. <laughs> really? You think a little bit? Yeah. 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 This just in. <laughs> yeah. News today. He's a nut. He is. He. Why don't people always? If I were, if Patty, I'm gonna tell you something. Yes. If you ever have a chance, if you ever are interviewed by Tucker Carlson, mm. just just ask him over and over, how come you were rejected from the CIA? <laughs> whatever he asked you, that's whatever funny. he tries to get you, with, yeah, that's fine and dandy, Tucker. But how come they didn't accept you with the, the CIA? Right. Yeah. Let's yeah. See. He, he won't like that. They 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 detected something. Yeah. yeah. What 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 have you been following? Like, is there anything that catches or is there anything that catches your attention as far as the news going on right now with and the election season? Um, I mean, just a general uh, overview of everything, Patty. You know, I've been kind of um, distracted. Mm-hmm. You know, I told you right. about yeah. Right. My father passed mm-hmm. away. So sorry. Yeah, yeah. December twenty second. So I was just mm-hmm. occupied with that, and then just some things came up, but. Um, I th- hope, I mean, that with everything that comes out with Trump and these trials and, and, and what happened, uh, was it two days ago with the, uh, with the special election in New York? Oh yeah. Saudi. Yeah. Yeah. Saudi who got elected is a, is a harbinger and an indicator of where the country is and where people are going to vote come November. I, I hope so too because yeah. they they do these exit polls or you know interviews with people yeah. and they said some Republicans specifically said they voted for Saudi because Republicans screwed up so badly on the border deal yeah. and everything that's going on in the House the border the border deal that you profess to have wanted mm-hmm. until you got it yep so you're not serious no all you want to do is bring this lunatic back into office and then what and right. then what burn it all down you know what? burn it all down. Well, that's, here, that's here's, exactly what, right. here's what Griffin said, because my son uh, does not want to vote for Biden uh, because of uh, Gaza and, uh, and the support oh. for Israel and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And so I said, what, what, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, like, for me, it's like live to fight another day. There is. So that's essentially. That's and, and what Biden, his team in whatever formation, like the, it is, we are moving forward in so many areas in mm-hmm. this country with a party, with a, a chamber of our legislature that refuses to, to budge on anything. And we are still getting a lot done. Right. And I said, what do you think is going to happen if Trump wins? He goes, well, at least I'll be here to see how it ends. No. That's what he might he's, not be. That's what he's saying. He said, this is I, I'll be there to see the end of it. Oh, the, oh he, the, he, yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he was, I think he he was kidding. It? I think okay. he was kidding. Yeah. I, <laughs> you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, is is nobody's perfect. Obviously, there's a lot of egregious things that are going on with the administration, with the Biden administration, as far as that is Israel and the Palestine thing. But if we elect Trump, what are you going to preside over? What are you going to? This, this is not going to be a country. It's going to be ashes. Yeah. And then what? Exactly. And and I feel like this is something I kind of feel comfortable. I think of anybody I have ever worked with, I think this is the idea of religion and what it drives people to do. And what I feel like you're the the person I feel most comfortable talking about these kinds of things with, Mm -hmm. because you do such a great job of breaking some of these things down and shining a light on it. Because, uh, you know, what I'm seeing in the United States is that Christianity, for many people, the way they interpret it is to control the people. If you're not living the way... The way I think the Bible says I should make you live your life, right. then I have to restrict your freedoms, attack right. you violently, right. rip your – I mean it's just right. – Try I, to legislate you out of existence. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. have a really hard time with that, and when we and and I struggle talking about the Middle East because that 
beyond even like the white Christian fascist interpretation of the Bible here, then we're talking about centuries of bitterness and fighting and, uh, you know, going at each other and biblical, right. like this is the end of times, uh, you know, and people who believe that Israel has to exist in order for the second coming of Jesus. Like this right. is like this is legit stuff that they believe. Yeah, and, and, right. And what? I think they and they see they've somehow now incorporated Trump into that. The, that biblical prophet, prophetic sort of uh, uh, scenario that he has to be the one to hasten the yes oh boy yeah, sorry the end times yeah isn't that what's called the quickening we, yeah the quickening well you know it's not coming quick enough <laughs> you know the quickening is kind of slow Patty. I had heard that. I remember the first time I ever heard anything about that was under the Bush administration, the second Bush, because mm. he was a born again. The burning Bush. The burning Bush. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, 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 that was the first time I ever heard about it, that there were like these deeply religious organizations that, that needed it. And then, and they, but the thing is about those groups is they're very strategic about putting people on the, on the bench, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the, you know, in, in media, mm-hmm. you know, Fox News. And they've been, I'm just saying that the less aggressively religious are just not as organized. Yeah. That's. Yeah. When are, when are, when are the atheists going to get together? <laughs> the agnostics. And the agnostics. Yeah, it's a very small parade. We, and we, do, we need to do some door knocking. I, would do, I mean, like, when, yeah, when do agnostics become the Jehovah's Witnesses? Yeah. And the Mormons? I could use something. I could, hey, man, because this is. Yeah, you know, it's well, bad. But but I believe in spirituality. Like for me, it's about spirituality, not religion. Because mm-hmm. if your religion tells you, and and it, I feel, I mean, I know that there are these preachers and these pastors like Joel Osteen, mm, right? Or right. let's even talk about all the folks. Uh, we're talking about those ads during the Super Bowl. If you have tens of millions of dollars to <laughs> right. to to promote Jesus, the Super Bowl brought to you by Jesus, <laughs> right? How are you, then you have money? You are a tax free organization, right? That also has money to feed. Feed and clothe people and help them with housing. Nah. <laughs> you talking crazy talk now, Patty. Woo. What? <laughs> I've missed you, Dwayne. I've missed you, too. Yeah, yeah I, I just, uh, I'm tired, people. Yeah. Did you, so what high school did you go to? I went to Crete Monee High School in the south suburbs. Okay. Crete, and Illinois. Did you guys have a police presence in your high school? No. Okay. Cause I, not, not that I knew of. I think, I think we had uh, like the undercover. 21 arts. Jump Street? Yeah, we had that. Did you really? I think so. Interesting. I think so. I don't know. Because I, did, I didn't use drugs. I wasn't around. Statue of limitations. You're fine right now. Yeah. <laughs> Just, we had, uh, I remember there was a police officer. And you know what's interesting? Because they're, they're, they're another part of the debate, and I heard Joan and Eric talking about this earlier, uh, about, you know, Brennan Johnson saying that he wants to get the police out of the schools. And uh, and we were talking a little bit about shot, uh, shot Spotter, which they're mm. terminating the contract. But I remember, I, I don't. I think we're having maybe leave it to the first of all, leave it to the parents. You will have those conversations, whatever the school boards. I, you know, what I really wish, though, is that we had right now. At the, if I had a want, the thing I would want the most in this situation mm-hmm. is to I would I would put re, uh, conflict resolution classes starting in kindergarten. Oh, man. Oh, Patty, you. That That's my want. Everything. Conflict resolution is everything yeah, for it. everybody. For everybody. Everybody. Yes. That's it. Just yeah. conflict resolution. I had. A, I used to have a joke about. Do you be, realize that most superhero movies are built on the fact that people lack conflict resolution skills? <laughs> I did not know you had that as a bit. Yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. 
Yeah, because uh, I mean, like, I think the movie, like the cartoon that, that did a really nice job of this was uh, The Incredibles, right? The villain in The Incredibles is like has this long-standing bitterness from when he was a kid. Right. Yeah, and he's, he can't let it go. Right. Let it go. Yeah. I mean, I know, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I know I hold on to things. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in therapy and we're working on it. Well, you know, I mean, that, that, I think that's the bane of a lot of people who do comedy. You know, yes, there is that. There yeah. is that. But I think, like, even in kindergarten, if you have, uh, there was a um, documentary that I saw that uh, they they were they were bringing these programs into schools around the world. But you, ha- I mean, the schools have to want it. Want it? You have to want to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But even at five years old, they were they were say, they they were you know they they would have a kind of a class and talk about what do you feel like when you're embarrassed or what do you feel like mm. when you're when someone hurts your feelings you know what, wow. what you know how do you feel when you come to school how are you feeling today you know those kinds of those 10 minutes almost like self-awareness and then you mm. build on that throughout a, a child's That's, life okay as opposed to how i was raised when you too sensitive <laughs> yeah stop being so sensitive yeah yeah stop having feelings <laughs> stop looking at stuff see i got i got uh i got timeouts a lot i had to go i had to go stand out in hallways or sound the like we had a punishment chair you had to sit on oh really that what are you doing, Patty? Uh, I, I know this is hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> I talked a lot in the class. Wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. Oh, no, Patty. Let me jot that down. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, uh, I maybe had... Uh, you were driving at home even then. <laughs> well, I remember... Before t- you even knew how to drive. <laughs> Let me tell you how this is going down. <laughs> I had, a, And then I went to I went to public school till, till fifth grade. And then in sixth grade, I went to a Lutheran school. And apparently my parents had signed the paperwork that said that the teachers were permitted to use corporal punishment. Oh, man. And so, uh-huh. and I, I remember, I remember making the, I remember making them laugh. I was, okay. <laughs> I remember making these two kids laugh. And okay. Ms., Mr. Zielinski uh, went over to their desks and, and pointed at the door and they walked out and I was like, oh, thank God, right? So they went out there. I'll never know what Terry and Rob said. Rob Grabowski and Terry O'Connell, uh, if you're listening. Uh, I don't know what they said, but I know he came back in the room, pointed at me. And went and gave Whoa. me the finger and and directed me to the door. That had to be frightening. It was, and uh, and I and you got a choice. He had two paddles. One was uh, now here comes the sadism. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give you a choice. Yeah. So what I'm saying is maybe conflict resolution. Like maybe you know I was a little hyperactive. Yeah. I had trouble focusing. Yeah. Um, but smacking the crap out of me when I forgot my house keys in my back pocket maybe wasn't the best thing. No, <laughs> no. Or you know I know there, there's some some teachers in some places now that would give you, listen, Patty, you know, let's talk things out. If you don't talk right now, we'll give you a moment, maybe, oh. at the end of, of in the class that you can get up and say what you need to say. Right. You know? I like that. The thing I remember about that, that paddling, uh, Mr. Z, before he hit me, uh, put his arm around me. Dwayne, I remember thinking, oh my God, just hit me. Because he smelled so bad. The, nice. the bo and oh. bad breath. I mean, I was, I, there was no. And I'm like in the 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 like in this oh, whole crevice boy. of his armpit. Yeah. And I, um, you were in the fortress of funk. <laughs> yeah, like, it was just, a triple whammy. Hit me, hit me. <laughs> and he because he wanted to have a conversation. He said I I had a, a mouth like a caboose on an endless track with no engine. So the, uh, there was nothing to stop me to just keep rolling. Wow. So he hit you with a little <laughs> a little prose before he went upside your butt. <laughs> So, but I remember some funk, I, I, some pros. But even as a kid, I remember thinking like that. It, it, I just knew that kid, teachers didn't know how to handle us. Not me, no. spe- not even me specifically, but kids. I remember um, when I was in because I started school in the city, and I went to Caldwell, and no, this was at Cornell, and there was a our, uh, um, 
no, no, I'm sorry. It was Caldwell. And we had a, our, our principal, Miss Panis. I'll never forget it. She was, and I was in, I had gone to the principal's office, me and Warren Cook, who was Sam Cook's nephew. What? Yes. And he used to always talk about, even as a kid, Warren was always in trouble. Warren was always at the place. This was my <laughs> first time. So we're down at the principal's office. She asked me about, what are you down here for? Some, some, some. I can't remember what I told her. She asked Warren, what are you here for? And he, he started to tell her. Boom. No. She just went upside his jaw, man. Yeah, and I was like, oh, boy. that's. I hope to never come back down here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I guess that they wanted, but then, like, you also push that rage. That rage goes somewhere. Right. That, that injustice yes. is, goes somewhere, yes. and then it comes out. We talk about, like, you know, the, the ripple effect of behaviors. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it transfers. Transference. Yeah, if I can't take it out on the person who did it to me, I'm going to take it out on somebody. Yep. And on myself. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I ask these questions over and over again. I mean, I'm not in a position to have any impact. And I know that there are people with these ideas that I think just it bur- that light burns out of the passion to try to get it done, yeah. whether it's, uh, you know, conflict resolution kind of things. Or I asked, a, I talked to a police officer who was talking about, you know, these gang, the, the gangs of kids, these big groups of kids that go down to the beaches or mm-hmm. are, you know, jumping on uh, squad cars and buses and, you know, mob yeah. activity and stuff. And, and But what I remember it starting in the last about 10 or so years, like at North Avenue Beach at the beginning of the summer. Oh, uh-huh. Right. And I, and I said, you know, I, I kept thinking there's nothing we have, we're not investing in the park districts where we had just closed 50 schools in a lot of those neighborhoods. And I asked this cop, I said, you know, we need to invest in programs for kids to find someplace safe in their, in our communities and know that the city downtown is also theirs and find ways to, to organize that. And he goes, ah, well, that's not going to help now. I go, but if when 10 years ago, when we saw this as a result right. of 10 years before that of not investing right it's just it, not only right not only not investing divesting because yes. of the things that that, that used to have are gone mm-hmm. pools mm-hmm. all those things you know community centers all that stuff has just been pulled out yep basically is it's, it's it's basically contempt for your your very existence so we're going to deny you things that just give you structure and joy and happiness because we just basically do not like you. Right. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because now you have nothing to do is you become destructive and then we can say, see, this is why we don't. But it's not the see. It's it's what all the things that they were denied. Right. Yeah. So we're going to fix it. Mm. Maybe on Friday. All right, Friday. <laughs> fix it Friday. Fix it Friday. Ooh. Like <laughs> fix it Friday. We're hanging out yeah. with Dwayne Kennedy. Uh, we'll continue our conversation. I'll take your calls when I come back. Sorry if I left you out home. I haven't seen Dwayne in a, mi- a minute, so I yeah. need to catch up with him. 773-763-9278. That's the number to call and join our conversation again. 773-763-9278. And coming up after 530, we're going to check in with our friend from the Hope Found. Oh, I remember the name. I always try to think I know something. It is House of Hope Foundation with Sean Childs. We're gonna, we are going to talk about the uh, the, sp- the shot spotter removal and uh, and gun violence, and uh, maybe we'll talk about police officers in schools too with Sean. More after a moment on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal. 
Hey there, it's your guy Warren Price from European and U.S. Collision Repair, a division of Technicraft Body Shops. We specialize in automobile and truck repair as well as normal automobile maintenance. With our highly skilled technicians and environmentally friendly materials, we strive for quality. Call 773-248-1200. That's 773-248-1200 or europeanus.com. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are in studio with Dwayne Kennedy. And by the way, Dwayne and I are going to be performing next week in Kenosha for the fundraiser for Lorenzo Santos, who's running Lorenzo Santos, who's running for the first district in Wisconsin, congressional district. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's. Yeah. Nice. that's I've, I probably should update you on that. <laughs> you asked me to do it, and I said okay. Okay. And then on the way up there, you'll tell me who would campaign it for. I think you like him. Yeah, he's oh, good, I'm he's sure a, he's a good guy. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. So next, that's next Thursday. That is on February 22nd. We'll be uh, doing a fundraiser for Lorenzo Santos, running for the first congressional district in Wisconsin. Uh, speaking of uh, a important race. Michael has important information to share with us about the upcoming election. Michael, what's on your mind? Yes, thanks for taking my call. Can you hear me? I can, yes. Are you on speakerphone? Because it's always easier to hear people when they're not, they don't have that much distance between their microphone and their mouth. No, no, I can hear you pretty good. Okay, I want to talk about 17-year-old kids, citizens that are 17 years old, that can vote in the primary elections in Illinois and in 23 other states and in Washington, D.C. Now, most people in this country, they think, well, you got to be 18 years of age to vote in any election. you got to be 18. And they ignore, they don't even look into 17. But the fact of the matter is, our country has been lowering the voting age for primary elections for the last four or five years. And 17-year-old kids can vote uh, in the primary election uh, in, in Illinois and 23 other states. But here's the catch. The big catch is they can vote as 17-year-old kids, but they have to become 18 years of age by no, the, the November 2024 general election in order to vote in the primary. They must become 18 years of age by the November 2024 general election. So they would be the older 17-year-old kids, kids that are 17 years old and 10 months, or 17 years old and uh, 9 months, I, you know I, what I mean? Michael, I have, an, I have an update to this. Starting January 1st, 2024, 16-year-olds may also pre-register to vote online. Uh, 16-year-olds, uh, so to vote in the upcoming 2024, you must be 17. But just to get ahead of everybody, we also have uh, lowered the rate, the age for pre-registering to 16. Oh, wow. Uh, that's just, you know, to, yes. be, to be able to, yes. Okay. Just to make sure we also I add that I in. have an update to that. I, I, uh, in 2039 year olds. Dwayne says that uh, 2039 year olds will be able to. Although, how if, they, if, they're not, if they're nine now, that would work out almost. No, <laughs> 15. Uh, my math is terrible. Michael, it's really important information. So, folks, Michael's telling you that if uh, you have if you have a teenager in your life and they, are, they would turn 18 by the general election on November 5th, tell them they can register to vote in the primaries right now. And six Seniorolds can pre-register to be eligible to vote down the road as well. Thank you, Michael. Can I say this one thing on 16-year-olds? It's best you to ask the family, the 16-year-old, are you going to stay in Chicago? Are you going to stay at the same location for the next one or two years? Because if they're going to move to another state, it doesn't do any good. As long as they're going to stay there for one or two or three years, then 
they pre-registered 16, that's good, and then they can vote at age 17 or 18, of course. Right. It's down the road. Excellent. Yeah, so they got that all squared away, so nothing gets in the way of their ability to vote. Thank you, Michael. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. Uh, I Do you remember the first time you voted, Dwayne? Uh, no. Oh. It was a long time ago. I was in my 20s, I think. Yeah, I didn't like. I wasn't like chomping at the bit to, bit vote. to vote. Yeah, but at some point, it's like oh, I'm about to start voting just so I can complain about stuff. <laughs> I, you know, I've never. I, I, I remember that being a a big thing a few years ago. People, if you don't vote, you can't complain. It's like, well, you know, you can complain. I just, I just weighed less. It's a, uh, it just weighted yeah. lighter. Yeah. Like a, what was the first time you voted? I was, uh, I believe, I was nineteen. Uh, it was. Uh, Bill Clinton. I may ask twenty. It was Bill Clinton. Uh, Carol Mosley Braun was running. Oh man! Yeah, I was very excited. So it had to be nineteen ninety one, right? Because he became president in nineteen ninety two. So I would have been twenty. Okay. Yeah, I was, oh, I was excited, and it was. Uh, I'm a dork, Dwayne. I mean, you know, you've known me long enough. I'm a little bit of a dork. It's okay to say that. Uh, I call you a dork, a nerd, a, a nerd. <laughs> well, dorks are also socially awkward, which I, I can lean into a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I my dad was a precinct captain. He was a Republican precinct captain. So I used oh, to go door knocking with him when I was little. Okay. And uh, my mom was a Democrat, so they would fight a lot about politics, and I figured, well, she's got to be right. This guy's out of his mind on people's porches. <laughs> <laughs> he was a big Reagan Republican. and uh, Your father was? Yeah. And I, okay. I, you know what I would like? The same thing with um, with the Fox News and, and putting on a liar 85 times, and they're not going to go back and 85 times say that we made a mistake. Mm-hmm. The same thing for like, we, we need to do sort of a, uh, a follow up on what an administration did. You, all the people who worship Ronald Reagan, well, he destroyed so Millions. much. Uh, right there. Yeah. yeah. He was horrible, man. He was, you know, and, and they romanticize him yes. now because Trump is such a maniac. Right. Trump makes everybody look good in retrospect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This guy's saying that he's more popular than, than Washington and Lincoln, that he would have beat them in elections. Like Trump. Oh, he has said that. I know. I know, I know. Let me uh, take another uh, call. We have Brian and Juliet is calling. Brian and Juliet, how are you doing? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. You all. Yes. And uh, hope you avoid the uh, predictive snow. Uh, the reason I'm uh, phoning is uh, because uh, earlier today uh, there was a, uh, a previous show about uh, homelessness. Mm-hmm. And uh, I uh, believe that... Uh, you know, these reports about uh, those who want it, uh, sending $95 billion to other countries, I think that's a shame. And that uh, uh, that should, uh, you know, charity begins at home, and people shouldn't be living out in tents and homeless. Uh, everyone should have their own home or apartment, and uh, it doesn't have to be the Taj Mahal, but everyone should have shelter. And I think uh, it's impossible nowadays for young people to buy homes or for old people to afford to maintain homes. And I think we need a freeze on uh, prices. And part of the American dream is uh, to own your own home and send your children to college. And uh, these uh, things are virtually impossible when even the prices of basic staples of life are going through the roof. And I think we need a freeze on profits, a freeze all the way across the board, a freeze on prices. 
and the essentials of life. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, it's interesting that you bring this up when I was just talking about Reagan, because there are many who can trace a he lot. He was a fascist. Well, right, Brian. So, but a lot of the homelessness, I mean, he eliminated so much support for mental illness. And to what Dwayne just mentioned about destroying the unions, uh, you know, really uh, diminishing the power of the working class to fight for their rights is in large part about uh, relates to why, why things cost so much and our wages have not. And he lowered the taxes for the richest and for corporations. Yeah. It had been at the highest it had been was 90 percent under Roosevelt. And, you know, we we were able to fight a war. We built roads. We built our infrastructure and we, we were able to send kids to school for free to public uh, colleges. And uh, I believe it was Kennedy who dropped it down to 74, 75 percent. And Reagan brought it down significantly. And I mean, slashed that by more than half, I think. I want to say it was in the 30s. So the we, well, the- you know, hold on a second, Brian. Uh, okay, sorry. Thank you. Um, I, I love Tom Hartman's phrase of, you know, that whole trickle down economics. Well, because it all flooded up from us. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that uh, we should be, I, I absolutely agree, we should not have homeless people and we should be investing. Or hungry people. Or hungry people. Yeah. Or, and, uh, and I think, and without medicine, I mean, just everybody should have access to health care. Uh, I also think that we, you know, we're at a point where, uh, unfortunately, uh, the industrial, the military industrial complex that Eisenhower warned us of uh, is where we, we've spent a lot of our money and we've destabilized so many parts of the world that we now do have to keep those investments in so that we don't have a nuclear war. We don't have, uh, you know, democracy absolutely destroyed in places like Ukraine. Mm hmm. Well, I was, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, again, I think we need that money here. I think in terms of, uh, I don't think it's uh, so much uh, uh, an illness problem of any kind. And the, the major factor in this is uh, uh, people just can't afford an apartment or certainly to buy a home. And uh, we need to tax, uh, finally, uh, billionaires and multimillionaires. And uh, I think uh, I saw, uh, I didn't think, I saw uh, uh, Senator Sanders on uh, uh, the other night, uh, and uh, I think it was from about a week ago, and uh, he was talking about the uh, outrageous uh, uh, prices of uh, medications compared to allied uh, countries like Canada and Japan, and uh, for medications to save lives, and I think we need a uh, single payer or Medicare for all in yes. this country, mm-hmm. and uh, we need medications uh, at an affordable price, which are agreeable uh, to all individuals. Yeah, I agree. Great points, Brian. It's so good to hear your voice in Joliet. How's it going in Joliet, my friend? Well, uh, it's uh, been a sunny day, and uh, it's been uh, you know quite. Uh, 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 climate change is uh, a really big factor, you know, as yeah. you know. And, oh, it's crazy. Uh, you, I know. I yeah, hate- you, you, that's another thing, uh, you know, uh, uh, Biden uh, promised 6.5 human infrastructure, trillion human infrastructure. A large portion of that was going to go to climate change, and uh, he didn't stand up for himself. He let it get whittled down to like 1.5 trillion. And this is why I'd like to hear more from Dr. Cornell West. Uh, I haven't heard much from him. If, the, if sometime somebody on you, you or someone on your station could get Dr. West on, I'd really sure, like to Sure, after this election him. cycle, I'd like to know what he also works on when he's, you know, not running for president. I don't. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Brian. Appreciate it. Well, I, I haven't heard anything from him prior to the election season. I saw him. Uh, I mean, before. Before. Yes. Oh, did he? Yeah, I don't think he liked that part.
Oh, okay. I was on a bus one time in New York City going down Broadway, me and my friend. And I'm looking out, and there's a cat in the middle of traffic, in the middle of the street, directing traffic. Just, you know, directing traffic in the middle of the street. And I look, hey, that's Cornell West. Just out in the middle of the street, directing Where? traffic. When? In New York City, about... It's about three or four years ago. Oh, really? Four or five years ago. Well, so like there that. you go. Now I know what he was up to. Like, why was he directing traffic? Patty, I don't know. Come on. But he was—he had a nice suit on. Okay. Yeah. Just, he was helping out public service. Cross, yeah, he didn't even have house. a crossing guard like belt. Remember that orange crossing <laughs> yeah. belt? Just so you know, you can now call me a dork, captain of patrol. I'm just saying. Crossing guard. (laughs) Of course. I'll have you know that I had uh, pedestrian lines painted in front of our school because I was I went to my uh, my state rep and said, you know, it's very my alderman because we had uh, our school was the Lutheran school Mm -hmm. uh, had a driveway and everyone would just like pull up and cars would pass. Kids are running across the street. We didn't have a crosswalk. So I wanted there to be signs there to let people know kids might be crossing here. So I got that done. So you are always uh, a dork. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> invested, socially active. It's a really horrible story why I did that. Uh, I when I was nine, a, uh, a so you know how bad these streets are with like Superdog and you know like a, oh, yeah, a Milwaukee yeah. Devon and uh, Milwaukee Devon and Nagel Nagel ends there. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, several kids got hit by cars, and, oh, and, I, and one of them was this girl named Annette. I was Ugh. nine years old, and and it was uh, I just it, it just it was traumatizing, and mm. and I just so I was a patrol guard at Onahan, and mm. then I was a patrol guard at uh, at our state. Savior, Lutheran school. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah oh, it was, no, that's, that's a beautiful it was, thing. It was, uh, but I, I, it was so funny. I, I tell that story because a couple of my classmates came to see me do comedy and they were teasing me about, yeah, Patty was like all up in arms about this crosswalk. And I'm like, uh, I went to a funeral when I was nine years old. You know what I remember about that funeral? One, I, I felt compelled to touch her arm. I was nine. I, I was, wow. I went and, and I, I just, I needed, like, is she still, like, what does that feel like to be, you know, it was cold. Mm. Um, but there was a little boy who was younger than me going around telling everybody, he has to be, had to be like seven, telling us, like, how they put her back together. It was, it was the most uh, horrifying. It was just, it was a lot. Jeez. Yeah, it was a lot. Man, yeah. well, but you. Yeah, so well, I was like, we need, we need crossing, we need yeah. pedestrian lines over here. Yeah, I'm a loudmouth. That's all. Well, but I mean, but sometimes that's what it takes, you know. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Uh, let's see. Let's let's stay with Reagan for a minute, and then we'll get to some of the other calls because uh, Dave in Hoffman Estates wants to talk about Reagan as well. Dave, you're on with me and Dwayne Kennedy. Hey, hey, Dwayne. Hey. Yeah, a couple of like what's old is new and in the news. First, before I get into the Reagan thing, can you recall with Tucker Carlson and John Stewart when that and oh, right. that, on that on Crossfire? He told them that they were. Uh, they, he told them that they were was what was wrong with politics, right? Yeah, well, uh, Tucker kept thinking that he was more leaning to the left, and and he wanted John Stewart to do some jokes and stuff and clown around. And he kept on, "I'm not your train monkey," you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, he kept thinking he was kidding, and he was he was too old with uh, Tucker. He didn't want nothing to do with him. And getting on with uh, Reagan, what's going on now? You know, with these uh, Russians with the, putting the nukes in space, possibly. Remember when uh, Ronnie Reagan talked about FBI and uh, Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> kind of bluffed when he bluffed the Russians, and now what? Forty years later, they decide they're going to do it. You know. <laughs> Yeah, well, we don't know. There's like right, right. Some Republicans said that there's a threat from Russia in the space. Is that what it was? I know he said some some super weapon they're developing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. what's the super so, like, weapon? Taking out satellites, 
they're talking about it could take out satellite or who knows but uh, yeah. and and then get off with uh, hey Dwayne you yeah but you your uh, your voice and a little bit you see, you remind me of the uh, remember the actor Ron Glass from Barney Miller I do remember yeah 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 I remind yeah. you of him and that's a really yeah good. kind of with the voice and the smile and that and all right a little bit oh, Ron's brother broken. <laughs> <laughs> my husband and I watch that at night. My, my, Steve falls asleep to uh, Barney Miller. Oh, who would? That's <laughs> a sweet show. I fall asleep to Mash. We have different tastes. <laughs> All right. We're such Gen X. It's a compliment. Okay. Thanks, Dave. I'll take, take it. Thanks, Dave. Have a good one. You, you too. too. Thank, you. Thank you. Let's go to uh, Dynamo Dave in Minnesota. Dynamo Dave, what's on your mind? Hey, I know the topic was on Reagan and. I heard there was some quote by Reagan. He was telling the summary. He goes, I don't know how you can be a president and not be a, an actor. And as you guys well know, Trump, you know, he, he just acted the part on The Apprentice of being a boss. And he wanted to get that one phrase, you're fired, yeah. trademark, or something like that. Like as if nobody ever used that term. Anyway, but moving right along, um, you know, there's a lot of articles in the last two weeks or so about greedflation, but they should be calling it corporate greedflation, you know, as far as, come on, let's let's call it as it is. It's as corporations doing it. And we saw, the, you know, the prime example during COVID, you know, those first three months of these billionaires, who, you know, their income, or I should say their net worth increased by like 30%, like three months. And this is still going on. I was wondering if you or your guests would know of any experts on the, in Congress that could talk about, isn't there some sort of federal antitrust laws that could be put in place that they can't increase, you know, certain things, you know, above a certain percent? You right. Know? Price gouging. You talk about price gouging. Because one of my concerns is that because yes. we, we were, you know, with the supply chains and scarcity and all these things, they they jacked up the prices. Right. And but, but I think we know this intuitively. Once they realized we'd pay that. Right. Why would they lower the prices? Yeah. Right. So I think the president. What they did with some corporate people talking amongst each other is like, now we got them to pay pay yeah. this much. We're never going back. Yeah, yeah. And I think the, to your point, uh, to your point, Dynamo Dave, I think that President Biden has uh, made some, taken some steps in that direction to uh, hold these corporations to, for accountability in the, the price gouging, especially grocery stores. I know that they're the merger between Albertsons and is it Kroger's? One of like there's some mega uh, merger, and they're trying to stop it because I mean, like that'd be a massive grocery store yeah. control, yeah. and we see grocery stories going away in every community. And what do you think about... Th- thank you so much for calling, Dynamo Dave. Have a good one. All right, Dynamo. Thank you. Uh, what do you think about uh, city-owned grocery stores? Because there's so many communities that don't have access to... So, like, basically, co- not co-ops, but government-run grocery you know, stores. Patty, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it sounds it sounds different. <laughs> Is it a good idea? I don't know. If Chicago's running grocery stores, then what? Oh, yeah. You I know guess. how Chicago is with everything. That's true. Yeah. We are. We better get some other things in line first. All right. You know? Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I was uh, thinking about, uh, somebody had mentioned that there were companies that were in bankruptcy and yet bought, bought tens of millions of dollars in Super Bowl ads. They can't, oh, no, that was not bankruptcy. They can't pay their workers. They'll say we can't pay their wages more, but they'll spend, you know, tens oh, yeah. of millions of dollars on vanity projects all the, during the Super Bowl. Uh, let's go to Jim in Chicago. Hey, Jim, what's on your mind? 
Dwayne, I pray. The anxiety you can cut with a knife. These news releases are incredible. The woman on, took the stand today down in Georgia, the prosecutor. Now, these are two unattached people, as far as I know. They had an affair somewhere. And Trump says, throw it out immediately. Throw it out immediately. In the meantime, he's going to court on March 25th. Because he wouldn't pay off a porn star. He was too cheap. The billionaire that he was was too cheap to give her a bag of money and let her go away. He had to do it. He had to, he had to even cents on that payoff. And then another payoff. Uh, those are two incredible things. But then he gets it on the earth. He should throw it out of court. Throw it out of court. They're immoral. They're immoral. I mean, apparently that's his reasoning. The other thing, Patty, I, I, I locked in a bet with my Republican bookie. And he just called me just to rub it in. I, I guess that uh, uh, who's the nut from West Virginia and uh, the crazy man from Utah? Uh, Mansion and, and the, the nut from Utah, the, uh, Romney. I'm going to run his uh, in the oh. third party. Romney's going to run in the third party? Really? No, no yeah, with Mansion. With Mansion, he's going to be a vice president. Mansion's going to be the president. Oh. No, I don't know if I don't know if my Republican oh, bookie's trying to give me if he's trying to give me a heart attack or what he's trying to do. <laughs> but anyway, I just locked in a bet at the you know, I took Biden at two and a half to one. Wow. And I know if he, he's, he's gonna call me just to take a couple years off my life. <laughs> but real quick <laughs> Remember this, remember this way, Aunt Patty. The last decade the last decade, every economist will tell you the last decade is from two thousand 2008. That is the lost decade. Uh, uh, the Republican president left us in absolute tatters in 2008. We were in tatters. No, but nothing moved. And you wonder why there's homelessness and all this other stuff. Nothing moved. Wages didn't go up. Right. Nothing moved. Exactly. Nothing moved. It was the lost decade. You yeah. can look at it as the lost decade. And Reagan was another nightmare. You couldn't see. Billionaires were just like something out of, you know, you might see a billionaire off the coast of Madagascar. But now you can't throw a rock without hitting one. And because mm -hmm. of Reagan's policies. Well, we're on our way to having trillionaires, which is crazy. Nobody yeah. should be a trillionaire. No, but we don't need sure, more billionaires. Sure. We don't need more billionaires. Unless it's me. I'm saying. Oh, yeah. but, but, but Patty, they're running the they're running they're running the country. They're running, we're, I know they're, that everyone's getting their wishes fulfilled. I know we're, we're not getting a thing without a middle class. Without a middle class, that's why Biden is such a terrific president. He is working on the middle class. Janet Yellen said today that our wages are outpacing inflation, which is a marvelous thing. But it takes a good decade or six years of that to get people out of the hole. Mm. We need a great middle class. That's what built the United States of America, not uh, the robber barons and these billionaires. Uh -huh. I made up of my nonsense. Thanks. But how about those two idiots running for president? I mean, that's enough to give you the worries. I don't know well, what's going to. I don't know what's going to happen there. You look, know what I mean? Jim, Who's going to affect? Well, at least they're doing it now ahead of another, not this cycle, but I'm guessing the, for the next presidential election. And, and Brian probably felt a little bit annoyed that I said I wouldn't interview Cornell West until he's done running for president this election season. If he's doing the work in the next four years and showing that, you know, this is what he's invested in. This, I mean, no, I know. Hold on, Jim. Jim, let me make my point. Jim, I'm going to turn you down. If you <laughs> okay, I'm just don't, I don't, I'm not interested in giving over the platform to somebody who I haven't heard, you know, like, haven't seen doing the work of public service of, you know, saying for the last three years and working for ranked choice voting. That's the only way a third party candidate is going to make their way through all of this nonsense. I'm just saying.
So that's my. What do you think? No. What is no labels going to do? What is no, yeah. no labels going to do in this? In this, what, no labels. What is? I mean, who's they going to take votes from? Apparently, my Republican bookie thinks he's going to take it from Biden. Right. Mm. He wouldn't have told yeah, me that. I know. I know. I mean, those I, are two. Yeah. I mean, they're both Republicans. They're both. I mean. Oh, I didn't mean to hang up on Jim. Jim, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was checking to see could I have a guest on the line. Jim, oh, did I hang up on Sean, too? I, you know what? I'm a bit of a mess. Let me take a break. Jim, sorry. I've got to take a break here so we can get uh, Sean Childs from uh, Hope, uh, House of Hope Foundation. More in a moment with Dwayne Kennedy and me in studio on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are in studio with Dwayne Kennedy, comedian Dwayne Kennedy. You remember him from uh, United Shades of America on CNN. Emmy Award winning Dwayne Kennedy. And joining us on the phone is Sean Childs of the House of Hope Foundation. Uh, Sean, everyone's been talking about the uh, shot spotters being removed that uh, Mayor Johnson has ended that contract. And I know that this is something you're very passionate about. What, what are your thoughts on, on removing the uh, shot spotters in neighborhoods? Oh, first of all, I want to say, uh, how you doing, Patty? Uh, hey. Thanks for bringing me on again. <laughs> Thank you. Um, with the shot spotter situation, Patty, can you hear me? Can you hear me good? We can, yes. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. You're coming okay. through good. So basically, with the shot spotter, okay, with the shot spotter situation, uh, I'm kind of annoyed with it. I'm totally against what the mayor is doing. Now, don't get me wrong. I support the mayor, you know, and I voted for him and everything, but I don't support everything that he do. So with the shot spotter situation, you know, I live in the hood. I live in a community where that is violent and is underprivileged and underserved. I live here. I, my, my work is in the neighborhood. I could have been moved out the neighborhood, but I chose not to because I help these kids out. The shot spotter is a device that when shots go off, it alerts you let you know where the shot is coming from. It lets you know how close the shot is. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not perfect, but the shot spotters save lives. There's been times when my daughter's about to leave out the house and the shot spotter go off and say, 20 shots is fired a block away from my house. I tell my daughter, don't go out. Or my daughter at the store, and the shot spotter go out and say, 15 shots just went off. I get the alert on Citizen app. I can call my daughter and say, uh, they was just shooting. Don't come out the store. So the shot spotters help. The problem is the people that's voting against the shot spotters don't live in the hood. They don't live in uh, bad neighborhoods. They don't live in underprivileged neighborhoods, and they're saying there's too much money. They're saying the contract is too big. But how can you say a contract is too big when it's saving lives? Now, if you want to get rid of the shot spotter, Cool, but at least have something to replace it with. But if you get rid of the device without replacing with something, we're going to have more problems than we have already. And I think that the uh, the progressives who voted to remove ShotSpotter, I don't know that they only use money as the reason. Uh, what they say is that it that uh, it does not do what it, the technology claims it does, and that there are more <laughs> interactions between police officers and people in those communities in a way that is more military style. I think that there's that that that's what my understanding of their argument against ShotSpotter that it's racist in many ways, in the sense that it, it focuses on communities and creates that. Dwayne and I were talking about this earlier. You kind of build this rage within a community, and it just—it's cyclical, but it feeds off of itself. Uh, but I—that's that, that, what I understand. That, like the far left progressive saying in city council, more than money. I mean, but, but, but Patty, it, it's easy once again. It's easy for people to say, "Oh, the soft party is racist. Oh, it, it targeted it target minorities." And don't get me wrong, it's not perfect. So maybe okay, the shot spotter go off, the police come, and maybe they might stop the wrong person every now and then. Maybe they might search the wrong person. I'm willing to accept that. I will accept that if a wrong person got to get searched, or 
I don't know. I'm willing to accept that the space and lie because the shot spotter is the only thing that the minorities have in these neighborhoods that alerts us when it's a crime. Patty, I live in a community right now that you can call the police 10 times and they won't show up. When that- you call the police 10 times, they'll come 20 minutes later. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the other thing, too. I think an article just came out today about how, how long it takes when people call for 911. So the ACLU, and this is so this is what I, I am not, I have no, I, I literally have not gotten involved in this argument back and forth because we don't have any shot spotter here. The rates of violence here are so much lower. I don't, to your point, and believe me, I had a, I had a conversation with a far left progressive who said, you know, I know that people think that I'm kind of a white savior. I'm like, yeah. I mean, the fact that you even said it out loud, you, you I'm glad that you're self-aware of it, but that's how you come across so that i i see all of that so i'm not i i want to hear what you have to say and the, the the passion in your voice and the need i'm hearing from you is very specific and i think that people need to hear that because the shot butter like once again patty it's not perfect look at it like this the block i live on half the block is seniors half these people are seniors so there's drug dealing in front of their house all day they're shooting all day if it's not for shot spotter and citizen app how would the citizens know that there's a shooting on the next block? How would the citizens know, don't come outside? The shot spot is the only thing that alerts them. The shot spot go off, 15 shots on the next block over. Nine times out of 10, Patty, in our community, when there's a shot, there's a retaliation. So this is what the shot spot do. The shot spot let you know that the shooting was right here. So you know now not to go in that area because there's going to be retaliation. Somebody's going to come back and finish shooting. When you remove the shot spotter, what that means is now it could be a major shooting in the community. If you don't hit a shot ball, but you don't know, then you can just walk into danger. You don't know nothing. A lot of times the police don't come or they come too late. So they need these kids, the same kids I try to save and help every day. It's going to be walking in danger, coming from school, going to school, because there's nothing to alert. There's another thing the shot spotter does. When a shot spotter go off, all our schools is in the neighborhood, it alerts the schools. So the schools can look on citizen app and say, shut down the school, there was a shooting in front of the school. Shut down the school, there was a shooting back. If you remove the shot spotter, how is civilians going to know to protect themselves? How? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I yeah, like I said, I, I think that the value that people in the communities have for it, and I've and I've heard a lot of uh, people expressing the exact same opinion you have, and I and I was talking to Dwayne too earlier about uh, police in in schools. What are your thoughts on having police presence in schools? Listen, once again, Patty, I just did a story on this yesterday. Brandon Job talking about taking the police out of school, and I, I and I, I don't want to say this in any way. If you remove the police out of school, it's going to be anarchy. Listen, Patty, the, the, the kids these days are so brazen. They're so, they're so, don't care about nothing. No heart, no empathy, no sympathy because of the way they was raised and what they're going through. If you remove the police out of school, that's giving the kid or the criminal the option to say, we can go into school and get them now. Now we can go into school and get the person we're looking for because there's no security. You cannot remove the police out of school. So they're saying, you want the game because the budget, what's getting too much money. But, Patty, we got so much crime going on right now. Six kids were just killed in the last two weeks from school, school kids. Why would you want to remove these devices when we got the most crime going on right now? And now they keep saying this crime is going down. How can you say crime is going down because it's a 2% drop when we just had seven juveniles dead in the last two weeks? It doesn't make sense. Mm. Oh man, and it, and it, it, it doesn't, doesn't and it doesn't, and the gun violence doesn't seem to be getting any any better. Uh, I mean, not better. It's not. I mean, I'm saying we're not. I, I mean, I, I I make myself take a look at what's going on, and and there are videos. I mean, I saw a video of someone being shot in front of children, and and we don't. People in my community would just we just pretend like, well, if it's happening there, it doesn't really matter. Right. 
Right. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Another yeah. thing, nothing, Patty. This is nothing that hurts me. So what they do is they go off data. They go off data. They go off data. They say, well, the data shows this. The data shows that. So I ask them, who is data? Because I'm data. Talk to me. You don't have to go off data. Come and talk to people in the community. Come and talk to us. And we will tell you that the shots about our help. When you're having these backroom meetings with people and you're saying, well, we have a meeting and people saying that it's not working. Who are you having these meetings with? Because it's not the people in the community. I can get 100 people right now that will tell you, please do not give it a shot spotter. I can get 100 people right now that will tell you, please do not remove the, the police out of school. Kids are in school fighting Patty as we speak. Kids got guns in school as we speak. Ask me how I know. I work with schools every day. Kids is running from the back door, running front door. They're beating up teachers. They're doing everything. So you're telling me you're about to take security out of school. Now you're going to leave these teachers with no protection. You're going to leave the the, the, the deans, the janitors, the principal with no protection. Because if you remove the police out of school, I'm telling you, it's going to be very bad. But the people that live in the suburbs don't need the police because they're not going through their crime. Right. They're not having these problems. Yeah. We've been talking to Sean Childs, House of Hope Foundation. Do you have any events coming up that you want to let us know about? I know you're out there always bringing attention to the children who are the, the most traumatized by gun violence. What can we do to help? Well, you know, once again, um, you know, we're suffering. We're suffering for funds because, once again, we don't get state and, state and city grants, so I guess we're not part of the crew. So, you know, I work 24 hours a day. You know, any type of donation you all can send, I truly appreciate it. I'm still trying to get my van for these kids. Because uh, it's dangerous to keep putting them on PCA bus and trains. So you want to donate the cash app is money sign H O H C M T. That's money sign H O H C M T. Uh, my Zelle is seven seven three six four seven four three nine six. That's seven seven three six four nine. I'm sorry seven four seven seven three six four seven four three six. I got an event coming up next Saturday. Event coming next Saturday up at my place. It's going to be an anti-violence seminar where you can bring kids in and we train them and teach them how to transform their minds from negative to positive. We just give them motivation and spunk to tell them that you don't have to be in the game. You don't got to sell drugs. It's one of those type of events where you can bring the kids or you can just come, you know, if you don't want to bring kids. But the address is 3709 West Division, 3709 West Division next Saturday, and it's going to be from 3 to 6. Next Saturday from 3 to 6. If you want to contact me, my phone number is 312-487-6815. 312-487-6815. Thank you so much, Sean. Thank you so much for all the hard work you do in amplifying these important stories and messages. And we look forward to talking to you again soon, my friend. Thank you, Patty. Thanks for all you do. Absolutely. Take care. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we are going to talk to uh, another comedian, uh, Lori Kilmartin. And Lori's very talks a lot about politics, but she's got a new special out. There's sort of this distinction I have to make, I feel, for comics who come on the show that we don't do polit- I don't do politics on my on stage. I don't either. Yeah, not really. And neither does Lori. So it's uh, but we will we can talk politics, and then yeah. when you come to the show, just come and relax and just know that we we see eye to eye in a lot of things. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> More in a moment on WCPT eight twenty Heartland Signal. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Okay, I think my head's going to explode, even though I've been a comedian now for, for quite a while. I have two outstanding comedians joining me. One in the studio, comedian Dwayne Kennedy. You know him as a, he's an Emmy Award winning writer-producer on Uni- the United Shades of America, CNN, and also uh, 
what was Kamal's, Kamal's other show on uh, totally FX? Totally biased. Totally biased as well. Uh, just an internationally touring comedian, actor, writer, all the things. And joining us on the line is also uh, Emmy-nominated and WGA award-winning writer, Lori Kilmartin, who has a new special out called Cis Woke Grief Slut? Yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had to stop for a second. I'm like, what's the asterisk? Oh, that's a U. That's fine. I can say that. I can say that word. Laurie, I adore you, and I'm having so much fun watching your clips. Uh, how are you? How are you? Tell, tell us how you're doing and feeling after this new special. Oh, I'm doing okay. It's nice to have it out. It's been I taped it and recorded it in April of last year, so I feel like I've been watching the news cycles go and go, and I'm like, yes, put this out, please. This comments on what's happening. So it's nice to have it out, and now I turn into a nightmare clip machine because that's C-L-I-P machine because that's um, what we comedians have to do now. We have to constantly uh, put our comedy in people's faces. Uh, I apologize in advance. I know. I, I, I tried. I hired someone to like take some of like a bunch of clips of mine and turn them into, and I just I was like, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> I, don't have a, I, don't, I don't have a special coming out. I There's so many plates that I'm spinning. I'm like, you know what? Why don't I talk to other comedians and find out what they're up to and amplify their specials? Uh, so I, I have to tell you, I I uh, I love the story about uh, you know that I I I was watching one of your clips about how they will uh, take a, a penis pic let's put it that way and uh, and ask for a ransom and I'm like I could have done that with some of the stuff I've gotten on my phone what I could have been making money <laughs> it didn't even Daddy, I, you know what if you could see that as a business opportunity God bless you I love it. <laughs> Uh, you're more psycho than I thought you were. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, I got some in my inbox. So like that, this this would be bad news for somebody. <laughs> I didn't think I, I, great news. That, I, Larry, I, <laughs> the first one I ever got was in motion. I only have one. It was, but it's in motion. Like he, he texted me and said, "Hey, remember that favor my friend asked me for?" And I was like, "Yeah," and I didn't know. And he was like, "Here's the video." And I was like, and all of a sudden it was him getting oral gratification. Anyway, I didn't mean it was. In, it's my first one I ever got, and I should probably have gotten wow. ransom. I know. No, right? But how does he? Yes. Oh, go ahead. You you weren't getting oral gratification. No, he was. He thought apparently his uh, he was at a high school reunion, and one of his old classmates said she always dreamt of giving him a BJ. And the next you know, yes. Patty, I don't know how many times I got to continue to apologize for doing that. You bring that up every time I'm here. It's like, I'm sorry. Jeez. Am I being passive aggressive by doing it on the air? That's my specialty. How does your, uh, so you, I know you travel with your son sometimes at the comedy clubs. How How is he feeling about this, the latest special? He thinks I, he's like, uh, you wouldn't have an act without me. I'm um, like, how dare you? Yeah. <laughs> you were a last minute baby. I was a comic for 20 years before I had you. So don't even, don't even flatter yourself. I'd have an act about not having kids. He's <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> doing okay. And uh, he's coming with me to Chicago because my family is from Chicago. So we're going to, we're going to look at stuff in Chicago for a couple of days while I'm here at the uh, Lincoln Lodge on March 20th. Oh, yeah. I wanted, great. I wanted to tease that for March and yeah. also promote her special. So we'll have her on ahead of the, the, the den, uh, the lines, which yeah. one are you doing with the, uh, what a, Lincoln Lodge, yes, the Lincoln Lodge, which is a. Have you been to that yeah. venue? I haven't. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. it's very cool. They got a yeah. bunch of different. Like it's it's kind of like a, a comedy uh, festival. Yes, in in one building. Yes, you'll love it, Lauren. Oh, cool. Yeah, great great audiences. 
I love it. So the, this, I'm so psyched. And by the way, so Lori's special for folks who are like, where well, I get your special? Because people, then I forget. It's on Apple. It's on Amazon. Where am I missing? Where else is it available? And then we get to the lessers. It's on uh, Google Play, uh, Microsoft Word, I think, um, uh, uh, LG Refrigerators. The, uh, it's a production company that pushes it out, pushes it out, pushes it out to a lot of different places. Okay. But the ones that most people have are Apple, Amazon, and YouTube. That's fantastic. And you guys can check out the articles, too. I love that you're getting all these write-ups about your special, too. How, how, how do you like doing interviews? I think all three of us, you know, we think we, we did a good job in an interview, and then you're like, that, is that what that looks like in print? <laughs> no. Did I say that? Can I get a transcript of that? I don't remember that. <laughs> I know. I, I, think that, I think you get lulled into a, you know, you just forget that this is, this is all being going to be in print, and uh, you just start talking, and then... Uh, I, I don't know. I, I wish I could add my tone of voice to some quotes so people would know I'm nicer than I come off <laughs> in print. I do have I, I have a suggestion for anyone who does an interview with a journalist. Let them know that you are also recording it. And there's an app called Otter, O-T-T-E-R. Because sometimes we just like we're just riffing even while we're doing an interview because we feel like we're performing. We might yeah. say things that we didn't know we were going to say. Mm. And uh, then you have a transcript of what you said, too. Just that's just a little tip. Oh, yeah. You mean for okay. the inevitable lawsuit? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Just in general, I'm just saying. You just tell them because if they're recording it, you get to record it too. Why should they have every word you said? Yeah, that's right. I'm just saying. Your Honor, I call this Exhibit A. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know how my brain works. Did you end up watching the uh, Fanny Willis? Uh, can I see that you were tweeting about it? But I, or, or retweeting? Did you follow any of the it, it, courtroom chaos? With I'm just—I <laughs> hadn't heard her speak, so this is my first time hearing her speak, and I love her, and she's so not—you know—common sense, no nonsense, and it—it it, it smelled like a setup, and it is a setup, and it's a stupid waste of time, and she's just handing it to them on the stand. It's great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The the line uh, "a man is not a plan" is going to be a T-shirt. <laughs> it's going. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Let's, it's a race to put it on our merch, the three of us. Let's see who gets it first. <laughs> And, uh, and, and when you mentioned that we have to be out there, you know, editing our clips and putting it all out there, and uh, I saw that you, you know, the moms of Instagram are coming down hard on you. With, <laughs> how, how, how do people not? I know we all go through this where after a show, someone has a bone to pick with us about something we said, but social media has yeah. amplified that to levels that we never could have imagined, right? It's right now. It's the dumbest. It's a clip about me reading the diary of Anne Frank to my son, too young, and uh, him learning about menstruation by me reading the book. Okay, and okay. that's how it starts. And there's so much more to the story, but half the conversations are like, "Why did she wait till her son was ten? My son learned about no. like what? You're watching stand-up comedy. This isn't. I'm not a, a pediatrician. Okay, <laughs> Just relax and enjoy some comedy. No. Oh my God! <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, like I put out something in one of my very old clips about being Irish and Mexican that I'm that my my you know and someone got mad at me about like that I said my dad was second generation and I'm for like they're like well technically okay oh boy <laughs> yikes <laughs> I can't yeah it, it makes me kind of insane how have uh, how have the how's traveling been for you I know that uh, you you are traveling all, all the time. 
Well, you know, I'm sort of insane about COVID, so I'm just packing for a trip that I'm taking tomorrow, and I have a separate suitcase, little suitcase for an air purifier that I bring on stage with me. Then I have a little portable purifier I bring to restaurants when I'm on the road, and all my little my masks and my little setup I I take with me to not get COVID. So it's a pain in the butt because no one else is doing it really I um and I kind of there's a few like when flights are leaving California you see masks but when they're entering you really don't um so I sometimes feel very alone but it's it's fine other than that you know I think I think you have people I think you have sisters and brothers out there who I mean I I I go back and forth and I think we have become too blasé about how dangerous COVID can be Mm -hmm. and especially like I was because I track a lot of these uh, numbers in Chicago and Illinois for the the day job that I have and I mean we had and people don't realize and I don't know why we've sort of like let it go in the media as well that we had some hospitals that were like dangerously close to having a lot of beds filled with people who were battling COVID uh, so I, 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 wow. and I know that your mother passed away from COVID and I, and does that stir things up when you're on stage? When, uh, do, do you ever get a reaction um, from folks? Everyone, like I was just in Michigan. So first of all, you know, you know what's happening here. Uh, but, uh, and, and so I thought I was from California somehow when I was talking to the audience and a woman yells, we can tell cause you're right. You're on air purifier. Um, so Every once in a while, there's a little bit of that, but I think because I do a, a chunk of material about my mom dying of COVID, people sort of go, "Oh, that's why she's crazy," and they leave me alone about oh, it. Uh, I don't get I don't get too much pushback, um, but but yeah, I mean, she she passed away early in the pandemic. I have a, a ton of jokes about it, guys, on my special. Please. Go check it out. Well, that, this is where I fell in love with you because I, I had interviewed you when I was on another station, and you had a, a book about your your father's uh, death as well. And I can't mm-hmm. remember the title of the book that you wrote about dealing with the grief and losing him in his last days because you were there. I mean, you were so involved in your parents' care as much as you could be, especially during the pandemic, uh, because people don't want to talk about death. And I I, I, I kind of want to write a book about like how to grow. Old. Like I think at fifty is a good time to start going. Here's what I need to do to plan. Yeah. as I get older and like this, you know, I agree. I'm on the downside at this point. I, I'm, I'm not great yeah. with it, but I have to be honest about it. Right. Yeah. Death is the greatest comedy premise. I can't believe so many people aren't jumping all over it. Um, it's, it's the end of everything. You know, I mean, what could be, what could be more horrifying and hilarious? My, my book about my dad dying of cancer is called dead people suck. And it's a comedy about hospice, but, um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully I won't have the opportunity to talk about death for a while because both my parents are dead. And, uh, you know, right now I'm, I'm just uh, looking at my own mortality, I guess. Yeah, I, I know that people got uncomfortable when I my my I actually was on stage the, the day my father passed away because I just wanted to be somewhere else and exist in a different sort of like nobody knew. And then I finally wrote a joke because yeah. I, I went to uh, if you ever are into yoga, anybody Kripala in the Adirondacks was a great place to go for me. I, I drank straight for six weeks, like not heavy, just buzzed all day long. And I was like, well, I got to stop doing wow. this. So I went to a yoga retreat and I was getting my chakras aligned. And um, <laughs> my and I, you know, you have all these stupid things that people say to you like and that's stupid i know that people are loving and they mean the best but they're like he's in a better place uh he's not in pain anymore and like you your love like you want them and i get that part of it but this woman said um your father will always be with you he's your guy you know he's 
he's your guiding light now. And I was like, great, now I have a dead cab driver giving me directions. <laughs> and that was the first time I laughed about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first time. But speaking of that, and this is, I, I, didn't, I didn't even plan this and I forgot because I haven't talked about it too much, but I have to, how, what, what emotion did you feel when you learned that they had done an AI comedy special for George Carlin? Gloria? <laughs> oh, I was enraged. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, I was enraged for Kelly Carlin. I know her a little bit. She's so protective of her dad's legacy and just any, any comic, you know, like do you ever, you, Dwayne, I'm sure you've had this too, where people come up and give you a tag and you're like, you think I would think I would do that tag? It's like so off brand (laughs) and they, they got you and your joke wrong. And, uh, and to think those people would be now creating like an AI version of what they think your act is is really just nasty. Listen, yeah. I do have. How about I was just thinking, Patty, about the previous conversation. If you have an evil parent, do people say he's in a worse place now? Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, guys. No, no, no. Hey, I'm with you. And and like I was, I wanted to call a, a writer, Julie DeCaro, who does a lot of. Uh, she's a, a woman in sports writing, and uh, when like when someone really awful passes away, she does not let them off the hook. If they were an abuser or and I and I wanted to have her on because people are like, you know, you should. And I, I just am quiet. I don't celebrate them. I don't I just I'm like, I can't. I don't, I don't you know, but I'm with you. If I, yeah, people don't say they're in a worse place now when when somebody bad goes goes down. People don't want to talk about death and it's hard. And I get that. It's painful. But I don't Dwayne, Are you familiar with uh, the George Carlin A.I. special? A, a bit. I know that he had one. I didn't hear anything from it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean, I know they did that. It's uh, creepy. Yeah, man, it's and it's coming, and it's just going to get more pervasive. And after you know, after a while, machines are going to replace all of us with everything. Yeah. Did you did yeah. you did you watch the Super Bowl, uh, Lori and Dwayne? Lori. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. Yeah. Did you see the one where the it's the couch potatoes? Everyone just a potato on their. I'm like, why? Why would you just lean into that? Why would you just? <laughs> I want to be a blob on my. I'm, I'm sitting here feeling like a blob. Now you're reminding me that I'm a blob on my couch. But you're right. Uh, it, it things are getting just it's it's maddening. And how are you feeling this year? With I think all three of us watched what happened when Trump won the first time. Oh. The madness that has ensued, including January 6th and all the hatred. I. I did, Lori, in some part of you, like we kind of knew that people were like this. We just didn't think they would get this much power, did we? I guess not. I guess, I guess, like for me, I always had like a couple family members that you knew were slightly unhinged, and then it seemed like they all met up <laughs> and joined forces. <laughs> like they used to be these solo relatives that lived alone that would pop up at Thanksgiving or whatever, and now they're all connected to each other, like this one big non-brain. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is kind of worrisome. It, it is. Did, yeah. you, did you think it would get, I mean... I had, I knew when he, the day after he won, I posted that this is a nightmare, but I had no idea how bad how much of a nightmare was going to be i had no idea it was going to metastasize into this yeah. i had no idea and and i didn't think i thought that once it was proven you could see that he was a lunatic people would snap out of it i didn't know they would become more entrenched and more devoted i didn't know i, I didn't know i didn't know how deep the pathology ran in the country i knew he was a nut <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean 
But I didn't know there were uh-huh. so many people willing to follow him over a cliff. Yeah. 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 It's, it is. And that's why we exist, folks, is to take you out of some of these moments and, and make you laugh or shine a light on them. Uh, Lori Kilmartin's new special, Sis Woke Grief Slut. I just like saying that. Sis yeah, Woke Grief Slut is that's available on Amazon, Apple TV, YouTube. You can go to LoriKilmartin.com. She's going to be at the Lincoln Lodge in March. It's March, which date? 20th, a Wednesday. The Wednesday. So I, I don't know. We, you probably don't want to run into a radio station, but we, I want to promote it ahead of time so that we can get some tickets uh, for folks, too, and uh, and sell, oh, heck yeah, sell that place out. I would love to have yeah. you. And again, uh, it's Lori Kilmartin. She was a writer on uh, on Conan. Uh, she's she's an internationally touring comedian that you absolutely need to see. She's series, but Yeah, she's, she's brilliant. Great. Lori, it was great to catch Thank up with you. you. <laughs> yes, I wish you the very best. And let's let's get so eyes on this special, folks. Sis, Sis, well, grief you. slut, everybody. Bye, Lori. I'll talk to you next month. Bye, Patty. Bye, Dwayne. All right, Bye. Lori. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Let's take a break here. I promised some folks I would make I would take their calls because uh, some of you have been on hold for a while. More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. And I am in studio, in studio with comedian Emmy Award winning Dwayne Kennedy. I was all good all up to the... Dwayne Kennedy joins me in studio. And by the way, the website for Lori Kilmartin's, uh, her schedule, her links to her special LoriKilmartin.com I promised Nick, who's been on hold for a while that I would get him in here. Nick, what's on your mind, my friend? You're on with me and Dwayne Kennedy. Hi, Patty. Thanks for taking my call. A quickly said comment here about Donald J. Trump recent comment. When Trump stated in regard to our allies in Europe that he encouraged them to do whatever the hell they want, mm-hmm. noting there is a war crime and a terrible war being waged upon Ukraine by Russia right now. Personally, I think the Trump downfall is near. And I think that Donald J. Trump took a bite too deep into the necks of his American supporters. Uh, you know, he's sucking them, draining them of everything they got with that one statement. I encourage everyone to play it over again. Wake up these Republican Trump supporters. Wake them up from this blood sucking he's doing, not just financially, paralysis that they're in. When they wake up and attention is brought to this statement, which I think is the biggest news story of recent days, they will find themselves waking up to a carefully crafted deception. This web that Trump put about them like a spider wrapped around them. Ex-KGB agent Putin is not a friend to the U.S., and that's too hard of a pill for Americans to swallow, for even the most brainwashed of victims. I don't care if you're listening to this guy and you're brainwashed. It's too hard to swallow. And even the most clever, skilled assets, like, for example, um, Tucker Carlson, uh, they cannot engrave into our consciousness of a patriot, of patriots and Americans that Russia is somehow the strong, good guy in his interview. You know, these dreamed and tired Americans will question everything. I say we'd be nice to them. Your fellow Americans need our help. They will need our help. Uh, reconstructing a view of reality, basically, around them on seeing how this broke billionaire, depraved guy, the kind of person do anything to strike a deal. It's all about money in his mind. They will understand that this was an Oz behind the curtain, you know, Wizard of Oz. They will follow this paper trail of, that Donald Trump has left, and they'll find out eventually that he is the snake in his cold poem. And this conspiracy, whether willing or unwilling, Justice will be served. No one is above the law. Many will travel down this rabbit hole, down to the Mueller report, report with new eyes, to the DNC server being hacked, 
to a younger broke Donald Trump, to the craziness of his comments, to his apprentice show, shaving Vince McMahon's head, everything like this. Remember Nixon AIDS and the, uh, the DNC hack before? Now we got a hack that's taking place with Russian as an ally to that hack. And even before Trump Moscow Tower and Miss Universe Moscow, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, like, is he a Russian asset? And I, and I think that we need to drain that into the consciousness of our Americans because you can fool. You cannot fool all the people all the time. You can fool some of the people some of the time. And, you know, his proud locker room talk, he doesn't ask God for forgiveness, and the evangelicals want to say they're behind him. Well, my best regards go out to all those who had the sense to, like, see this guy before 2014 because, honestly, I did it. And, you know, there's uh, there's still time. Let's note, there's not one person in this country that has yet to become a person to vote in a primary election for a candidate that has incited a riot in a primary election, okay, who tried to stop the transfer of power. Okay, that has not happened because that election hasn't taken place. Um, You know, there's there's, um, you know, a lot of stuff here. But like I I want people to wake up, you know, the betrayal and the cowardice to not debate, you know, to not even give their candidate the chance to debate other candidates and then to say that that was strong. And as for the American flag, it's not a symbol of Trumpism, dictatorship, goon. The American flag stands for freedom and for democracy. So with that, uh, you know, that's all I have to say. That was a, a comment I, I've, I've been working on. And, you know, just, you know, I, I, I kind of ad-libbed it a little bit. But you did great. My thought yeah. on it. Nick. I think that You're he, right. he's out of, you know, and you know what? And I, and I stress, I think the downfall is near because he's biting into the necks of too many good patriot Americans that are not going to fall for this fake news that Putin is the strong good guy. We need one like him or this uh, Hungarian guy. You know, who's strong. Look at the media press there. They don't have a media there anymore because he has attacked it like like here, like Trump has done here. Hungary's done there. You know, so I watch documentaries and I see this guy and I'm just like, you got to wake up, people. You got to wake up. So with that, I'll I'll let you guys uh, take what I've said there and run with it. But uh, and you guys have a good day. Take care. Thank you so yeah, much, you Nick. Too. Well, and it yeah. is. I do think it's a psychological disorder. Whatever it is that need to believe or not care about what he says or what he's going to do or what right. he's done. I think at, at at this point, whoever is with him, you just it's a it's a it's a nihilism, you know, and it's a and an embrace of nihilism. And I think it's. I think for some people, he's, I think the appeal for some people about him is that this is a person that he's not particularly smart. I mean, he's shrewd and he's, he's just, he's, he's seem seems to have achieved things with sheer bluster. Right. And it makes people identify like, you know what? I might not be the most brilliant person, but you know what? I can do that. If I can just buffalo and bully and insist something is that isn't, that's accessible to me. I can, that's relatable to me. And I'm going to stay with this cat, you know, all the way to the to the to the end. And I've even if I have decided the end is going to be to no one's detriment. I mean, to nobody's advantage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know if there's any deprogramming strong enough. No, no, no. They're gone. The, the, the ones that are, are, are entrenched with, with Trump, they're goners. They're goners. It's, like I said, it's getting the people who are on the fence, independents, those who might, who are still 
uh, going over in their minds all the way up until going into the election booth, you know, or, or getting them to the election. Yeah. Booth. Yeah. It's, it's getting Democrats out of people who will vote for Trump, for Biden. Yeah. Yeah. It's Dwayne Kennedy. We're going to take a break here. Uh, Dwayne is performing with me and with uh, Dina Nina Martinez, who is an older woman out of Madison, Wisconsin. She's going to be doing stand up? She's going to be doing, I think she's been doing storytelling with us. Okay. We'll, we'll be doing stand up for Loren Santos, who's running for the 1st Congressional District of Wisconsin. Let's take a break here. We'll continue our conversation when we come back on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. And hi to our friends as well in KTNF Minneapolis, St. Paul, listening on 950 AM. Hi, folks. I'm Kirk Bankstead from the Monaco Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit and lime-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of each can sold goes to reproductive rights groups in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Provisions Uptown Chicago and R&J Wine and Spirits in Glenview, as well as Eastside Cafe, Coffee and Wine Bar in East Dundee, where Kate is serving up smiles and drink responsibly. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now at 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez now on WCPT 820. And Dwayne Kennedy joins me in the studio. Comedian, Emmy Award-winning writer-producer of the United Shades of America. You guys remember that from CNN before they... They went nuts over there. I forgot, like, they they had, like, this directive to be more... You know, they wanted more Trump stuff because that's when they made more money was when Trump was in office. And and after all those years of him calling them the, the fake news and attacking them, they they wanted to cozy up with. Again, it goes back to the, the corporate owned media. Yeah, uh, once uh, Jeff Zucker left, or you know, got you know had to quit, and then they brought in that cat Chris Licht, I think it was, and he tried to move them more to center left yeah. or center right or whatever, center something, and he just. Let you know, uh, got rid of a bunch of shows, got rid of us, and then and about eight months later, they got rid of him. Yeah. He came in long enough to just mess up my money. I'm saying. Yeah. And because the show was, I mean, it it had so much importance to it, going and talking to people where they're meeting people where they are. Right. Right. We're always told we should listen to everybody. We should talk to everybody. Right. And they didn't mean it on CNN, I guess. Well, I mean, once Zucker left, Jeff Zucker left and this cat came in, no, they didn't. No. No. New corporate philosophy. Make money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We have Stephen Solis on the line that wants to talk about an article in Molter Magazine. You wrote something from, what, one, I don't know what Molter Magazine uh, Vulture. is. Vulture. Oh. I think they spelled it. I think <laughs> Vulture. <right. Yeah>, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Molter. <laughs> hey, Stephen, wait, tell us about an article that Dwayne has in Vulture Magazine. It's a great article basically describing him as uh, one of the funniest comics I know and I've seen, and I don't know why this guy doesn't have a, a couple of specials on Netflix or something. I'm really angry about that, but, you know. <laughs> you know, but uh, anyway, you guys were talking about AI. I heard that uh, that George Carlin thing, uh-huh. and I was fooled for a little while until he started talking about uh, 2019. So I know he was dead. So and right. I was like, what? <laughs> Either dead oh, or, or visionary. Oh, you didn't. Horrible. You didn't know that it was a uh, because at the beginning it says you know this is kind of uh, this is a satire. It's kind of like someone doing an impression of somebody. So mm. that's our disclaimer. No, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear the beginning. My nephew just played it for me. He said, "Oh, you hear this?" And I said, "Well, I didn't hear this album." I'm a big George Carlin fan, and it was yes, the voice was a little higher than normal, but it was like I didn't know too. I started naming dates and stuff and talking about. Uh, 
Trump or whatever, you know? And the scary it's thing like about that, that is, scary. yeah, and, and it's only going to get scary because the AI is only going to get better. Oh, yeah. It's only going to get better. Yeah. You know, it'll get to the point where AI will be complaining about some other AI that has replaced that AI, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah, but right. They were doing an AI on my act, and the AI refused. <laughs> AI said, no, thanks. <laughs> this isn't going to work. This is going to work for me. I'm going to leave this to the humans. <laughs> you know, when, when they were negotiating the sag after contract, something occurred to me. Not only that the, the AI protections needed to be as strong as possible, and a lot of people don't feel that they were. But the other thing is, you know, as comics, when we make television appearances, we don't, like, we can't join the actor, the writer's guild. We're considered a sag after. Right. But we can't, like, we're, we also write our own material. Right. And, and direct our own material for the most part. We, right. And we can't sign up for We don't have protections all around. We only have the performance-based protections. Now, do you, and th- there was a time, like uh, about four or five years ago, when these companies were coming in and soliciting, reaching out to comedians to have them sign some, to sign with these companies so they would go out and try to procure money for comedians through um, 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 satellite radio as as writers as well as performers and then a lot of these like uh what is it Siri no what's the uh, uh, Spotify Spotify they just took comedians off their roster and not play them at all rather than yep. pay additional I, royalties I remember that yeah, yeah. Like, I remember a lot of comics and Lewis Black was uh, talking about how, how much of a mess that was yeah well, by the way this is his last weekend and uh, he's uh, touring in his shop in Chicago he's he's uh, retiring from touring oh wow yeah he's gonna be at the the Genesee in Waukegan on Sat on Sunday on the eighteenth. Okay. Yeah. His last rant. His last rant. Yeah. That's kinda crazy. Steven, where where do you perform out of Steven? Uh well I can perform mostly uh in New York right now and uh I'm not touring like I used to. Uh but me and Dwayne have a show called Comedy Fiasco. Oh wonderful. And we uh yeah. we put it out like once a month. Yeah. And it's a fiasco. <laughs> Woo right, and then that's the- the next show is uh, going to be um, March 9th. It's going to feature Amy Shu. Amy, oh my God, Amy Foster, <laughs> Amy Foster, yeah, and Kathleen Rowe, yeah, and oh man, the other comedy and a cast of thousands, yeah, nice. And where's the yeah. show for folks who may be visiting New York? Where's it? Where do you guys perform? It's a place called Crates on Columbus, Columbus Avenue, between 109th and 108th. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Stephen. It was great to hear from you. And uh, everyone should check out the article in Vulture Magazine. Uh, I did not know there was an article about you in Vulture yeah, yeah, Magazine. Yeah, I forgot about that, Patty. I meant to. That was in January. I, yeah. yeah it, just, it just came out, folks. Vulture Magazine, Dwayne Kennedy. You can find that article. That's so cool. Thank you for letting okay, us know, Stephen. Great Steven. talking to you. Um, Patty, I've actually talked to you before. Yeah. On the different voices. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. I appreciate it. All good, right. good talking Thank to Stephen. Be well. Have a great night. See you. Doing? See you. And then we have our friend uh, Dan. Dan from uh, Palatini is on the line. Hold on, let me do that and that. And Dan from uh, the uh, one of the co-hosts of, of, of uh, pardon me, what was that? Co-host <laughs> of a Palatini on Sunday mornings at eight a.m. I'm in studio with Dwayne Kennedy, and you have an event. Your first of all, it's your birthday this weekend, isn't it, Dan? Oh yes. Let's not talk numbers, Patty. Though, yeah. <laughs> You I've know, been 24 for 12 years. And, and you look every day of it. 
When I was younger, yeah. even in my 20s, I knew that getting older in show business was just a, not a great idea. <laughs> so, you know what's funny? Is last, uh, it was last yeah. week, I think it was. Mm. Uh, well, I, well, last week, I think it was Paul. Uh, I, I had Paul convinced that I was 24 for a good <laughs> couple of weeks. <laughs> I used to say that and I appreciate that. In my 20s I used to say I'm in my um, even when I was I was 24, 25 and people would ask me how old I was and I would say I was in my late 20s which may or may not include my early 30s just to plan ahead to get older. And then okay. I said that for a while and then uh, and then I was like that's not funny anymore. To me. <laughs> we just call we just call that and then you got that's basically what it is. Yeah. yeah. So it's your well uh, it, you're no, celebrating you, you had a great show today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you're celebrating this weekend? Uh, yeah, we are celebrating with a uh, drag show um, at uh, Gracie O'Malley's at Six Corners. Um, it's going to be Sunday from 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Um, we have three fabulous uh, uh, drag queens that are going to be performing. Um, and Gracie O'Malley's is just a really cool place. It's right at it's the, it, there's a lot going on at that, that Six Corners right now. There's an Aldi, there's the Target, everything is, is coming up. Um, but no, we've got um, some really cool uh, individuals that are going to be participating. The names I wish that my parents uh, gave me a better name. We have Sangria Wine. We have Azulia Sapphire, and we have Smokey Carmichael, who are going to be performing. Um, and it's going to be a healthy mix of 80s, 90s, and it's also family-friendly. So there's going to be some Disney songs that are going to be popping in. Um, but it's going to be uh, there, anything from It's Raining Men to uh, a little bit of a, a gimme, gimme, gimme some man after midnight share cover from um, Mamma Mia. Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, like I said, it's going to be great. And so um, Grace O'Malley is 4058 North Milwaukee. Um, and uh, it, it's $10 entry fee or it's $35 uh, for the all-you-can-drink package. And then they'll hand you a menu and you can order food, whatever you want. Um it's me, great time. It's always a great time. I love it. Everyone, go. You, you can also go to GracieO'MalleyChicago.com, and they have the event on their website as well. So, yeah. so take a look, and you can uh, enjoy an, a wonderful brunch, a, a drag brunch over here. And I love it. it's all eighties and nineties music. I uh, that's that's my jam. So. <laughs> I hope you're in a, I hope I hope we get to see you there. I hope I, I hope I get um, to make it out too. Yeah, no, we got a, we and we love inviting new folks who are coming in from uh, all over the place. So Rosemary's gonna be popping in, and then my my niece Brielle. Uh, that's why we're doing the Disney songs because we uh, I learned that she might be popping in. So it's a really fun time. And uh, Meg and I do uh, uh, we do trivia. There's prizes. It's just a really it's a really great great time for everybody. Outstanding. Well, thanks for letting us know, Dan. And uh, of course, uh, that he'll be yeah. on the air before the uh, the brunch begins. So 8 to 9 a.m. with Megan Kelly right here on WCPT. It's a Palatini. And at the end of the show, they give you a little recipe for, uh, for a cocktail. All right. Absolutely. I love yeah, it. Absolutely. Thank you, Dan. All right. Thanks, Patty. I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. Happy birthday in advance.
Thank you. See you. Thank you. When we come back, we'll wrap up with uh, with Dwayne Kennedy and uh, some last thoughts on whatever is in our minds, I guess, when we come back on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal and KTNF 950 AM in Minneapolis, St. Paul. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are wrapping it up. And uh, what a fun show today. And great to have Dwayne Kennedy in studio. Uh, great to have you. And, and uh, just to talk about stuff. Yeah. Uh, are you performing... Uh, soon other than uh, the Kenosha gig that we have next week for, with Lorenzo Santos? I am not booked. I just did I just did the Lincoln Lodge last weekend and um, let me see. Nothing coming up soon. April, this is April 23rd. I'm doing Zanies again. Okay. The Tuesday, a Tuesday night, you know. Downtown or Rosemont? Downtown. Downtown. Yeah. And if anything else comes up sooner than that, Patty, I'll keep you posted. Yeah, please. You, can you, you know you can come anytime, by the way. All right. You don't have to wait for me, but yeah, you, I'll also reach out and say, come play. Okay. Uh, I think one of the things I, I was touching on, and I sometimes uh, I have trouble falling asleep, so maybe I'll take an edible. Mm-hmm. And then my brain wanders, and I think about like just where we are with everything. And uh, we touched briefly on religion, and I've had a very—I think I've told you my eclectic background. That I was, my parents were both raised Catholic, but basically left the church. I mean, not left, but just weren't practicing. So when I was born, because my mother actually converted to Mormonism in Mexico yeah, City. Yeah. <laughs> you tell me that. Yeah, it's a—it's it, one of those things where, uh, but it's—it's it's been very eclectic and sort of cobbled together. I, I did not, I did not even. Even consider I didn't realize that, that there were people who just didn't believe at all in anything until I was 19 and dating an atheist. And we, mm. and we were like a year in. Mm. And I had a complete meltdown because I, I didn't even know that was a possibility. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, you, you, what? Mm-hmm. It, you don't think, you, you, did it, he said, because uh, I wanted to go see my dog who at the time was like 17 years old. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't know when she'll go. He goes, what difference does it make? We're all warm meat anyway. Oh, man. And that was a tough, yeah, that was yeah. like. Not just an atheist, just a brutal atheist. Yeah. He's now like the head of oncology at like a major university. Well, that sounds about right. <laughs> Okay, that brings me back to what Steven said, that you should have specials and like that, you know, it's funny when people tell us things like that, like, I I can't believe it, you don't, you're not farther along. I, you know what I, I, I realized last night, and I think I've known this deep down, I'm not like my, my ambition muscle. I don't like, I kind of like doing what I do and all the things that you need beyond that. I just don't have that urge. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I get it. Yeah. 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 I mean, do you do you feel fulfilled? That's the in my thing. comment. I would like to have more money. I think you and I both. Boom. That's it. That's that's it. Like not just more money, not a lot of money. More money would be. Re- I mean, a lot would be great. Right. I tell people, you know, I don't need to make all the money. Right. I just need to make a lot of money. <laughs> not all the money, just a lot of money. Yeah. And yeah. I, there's certain things uh, professionally, artistically, I would like. I, I'd like to have a special. I mean, I've done a special, but I, there's. I have an idea to do another special. I want to do that, um, but. Other th- other than the money, artistically, I am fulfilled, yeah. not satisfied, right. but fulfilled. Yeah, I feel yeah. that way. When I get up on, on the stage, I feel good about myself. Would I yeah. like to have more material and have the time to work that out? I would love to. I also want to write. I want to write a book and make that what I work on, like what I what I travel, mm-hmm. what I tour with. As a, I have, a, I'm working on a book called Prayers and Pills. Okay, and uh, it's just every experience I've had with doctors through my entire life. Okay, yeah, not yeah. just me, but my you know my parents and my son and things like that. Roosevelt, Roosevelt's on the line. Roosevelt, you're on with me and Dwayne Kennedy. What's on your mind, my friend? Hey, hey, how are you doing? How are you guys doing? Great. Hey, listen, what a day Trump is having today, huh? 
Yeah. yeah it's trial is going. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go. You give us the rundown real quick because we only got about two minutes left. Go ahead. Okay. The trial is going. The trial is going through uh, the 25th of this. Uh, not this month. Next month, March. Uh, so she's back, uh, Stormy. <laughs> that's one. Plus, you know the thing that's going down in Georgia. They want to throw it out of court. Did you see how mad? Uh, the prosecutor is. It was. She was on. Uh, she she went in front of the court, and she said she told uh, Trump's uh, lawyer. Uh, I believe she's blonde. I don't know who she is. Told her. I think you're confused. You 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 think I'm the one that's yeah. being on, uh, right. on trial? Oh wow. Yeah, fan, fan was wasn't playing. No, she's no joke. He wasn't playing. So <laughs> that's two. Plus the fact that. Uh, the bad news about Hunter Biden. Did you hear about that one? I, do I was, did I mention it in the show that uh, the, yeah, I did. Cause I said that Fox is not, cause they had that guy on who the prosecutor yeah. is now charging with fraud, with lying about when yeah. he met with these people and was coordinating the money. He was on Fox News 85 times. And I assure you that Fox will not have run 85 stories about how wrong they were. Exactly. And how much they were exactly. lying. Exactly. Yep. So all that stuff, Patty, was cooked up. Yep. All those years of of spending money. Where's all these uh, uh, hawks that that don't want to? The Republican conservatives. All that spending. All those years of bringing it out. Yeah. And you know, and I, 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 so everything. Did you see the uh, the picture of Trump? His face in, in the court. In court. No, I haven't seen anything. Oh, it's just, uh, oh man, he looks bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bad, I imagine. Bad. Yeah. Evil and Diet uh, Cokes will uh, do that to you. Yeah, walls are closing <laughs> in, Dwayne. Walls are closing yeah, in. Yeah, you got that right. You got, I, I, yeah. I, hey, listen, I say, I always say this. If there's no justice, this guy doesn't go to, um, go to jail. Yeah. Or at least uh, at his house and with a monitor or whatever. Yeah. And, it, you know, he's going to continue to do the same stuff. And he doesn't shut up. He doesn't learn. Because why? Because he's used to doing this. He's used to getting away with it. Right. And so, he's, path, he's pathological. That's what I wanted to mention. I wanted to see. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is pathological. Oh, he, no. he's, too, he's too crazy to help himself. He can't, even, he can't even help himself. That's how crazy he is. Yep. Yeah. It's insane. Well, yeah. Thank but you they guys all, for taking my call. Of course. And, uh, have you. a nice night. You Good too. night. Thank you. And I just, I like, I don't know how much you watch of these rallies, like these clips of the rallies where Trump is saying all these crazy things about, you know, the, go ahead and invade. Yeah. It's just, it's, ins- I can't. Yeah. I, I can't imagine being at that rally going, yeah, burn it all. Burn Russia down. Burn the entire yeah. Europe. Yeah. European. That will lead to World, world War Three. Yeah. Uh, people. Yeah. You dolts. Yeah. Dolts led by a dummy. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. He's insane. He's, He's insane, Patty. He's insane, Dwayne. <laughs> He's insane. Yeah. They are in, but here's the thing. It's always been the bigger problem is, is the people who vote for him. That's what it is. It's, it's not the matter that you're insane. Right. You have all these enablers. Yeah. Otherwise, you would just be a pantsless hobo in the middle of traffic. Thank you. You know, that we could all just kind of ignore and dismiss. But when somebody says, hey, you know what? That pantsless hobo is making good sense. That's the problem. Yeah. Lead us. Lead us, pantsless hobo. (laughs) Where are we going, pantsless hobo? Well, I don't 
I'm not after that guy. I'm not following that guy. No. No. Take his pants. That's, I don't want to see him without his pants. I don't have that image in my head. Thanks, Dwayne. <laughs> yeah. Dwayne will be joining us on February 22nd at the Kenosha Comedy Club. We're going to be performing at a fundraiser for Lorenz Santos. So we'd love to see you there. Uh, I'll be broadcasting from there. So I'm, I, I'm, I, okay. want me to drive you? I can, I'll, sure. I'll, I'll, be, I'll drive you to... I'll, I'll drive... <laughs> I'll be the driver. <laughs> Road trip to Kenosha. Right. Or we can take Amtrak, but that's not, or uh, like Metro, but that's not as much fun. Nah. Nah, that's that's kind of weird. Got to bring all the equipment anyway. Alejandro, thank you so much for running the show today. Uh, for folks who are wanting, Lady B is doing very well in, her, in recovering post surgery. Oh, and we look forward to having her back. Uh, Dwayne, do you have anything else you want to share with folks before we go? Uh, no. Okay. I love you. It's good love to have you, you back. Uh, Mike Crude is up next with Devil's Advocates, followed by Matt McNeil. Of course, tomorrow we have Richard Chu in the morning. Choose views, and then Tom Hartman or Stephanie Miller's after that, and then Jonas Pizzito. You know, you know the schedule, and and then Jonas Pizzito, and then I'll be back. Bye, bye, everybody.